You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. It's July 13th, 2023, and you're watching episode 343 of the PHP Ugly Podcast, the only podcast that live streams every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Pacific Time, which focuses on PHP. If this is your first, first time joining us, welcome. Happy to have you here. We focus on PHP, the PHP community as well as our work lives, which centers around PHP, our business, which centers around PHP, tech, and anything else that comes to mind. If you would like to participate in the live show, you can do so by joining us in our Discord channel at discord.phpugly.com, and just uh, you'll be part of the show just like that. It's uh, kind of a cool thing. We appreciate it. Um, we make This show is made just... A little better thanks to some sponsors, HoneyBadger.io and PHPStorm, as well as our supporters on Patreon. And we're going to talk about just about all those people a little later in the show. Hopefully not as late as we've been talking about them, but we'll get to that. I am one of your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, and with me tonight is my business partner, John Gungden. Not a friend anymore, just a business partner. Glad we got that made clear. And my, I guess, friend, Tom Rideout. You said, you said you're watching episode 343. Yeah. But they're probably not watching it. They're probably listening. Well, they should be watching. That's where all the fun is. They can watch if they want to, but the numbers don't lie. You lie. You lie all the time. How's it going, fellas? We got the band back together. Finally. About time. Where have you guys been? Uh, not Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> so my my Hawaii vacation got extended by a week, but not in Hawaii. Uh, <clears throat> the long story short, had a nice week vacation planned. We went with some friends from Long Island, New York. Uh, my wife and Melissa have been friends since high school or before high school. That's, geez, that's when I met her. So we're almost 30 years in at this point. Uh, so we went to Hawaii with them, which was phenomenal. I very rarely go on a vacation where I don't want to return. And it was fantastic. But it turns out that uh, her husband's brother lives nearby, uh, just a couple hours away from us here in, in uh, San Diego. He's in Palm Springs. And they made a second week out of it. They're both teachers. So they have the summer off and we're able to just say, "Ah, eh, we'll just book one way and then we'll go back when we go back. And since they were so close they came back to our house afterwards and spent another few days here so i i was got a little work in but not as much as i thought it was the idea of going to palm springs smack in the middle of summer did not sound like a vacation trip that that became our vacation spot in the summer uh during covid we don't have a pool so in the summer we we would go for you know four or five days and the kids would just spend the entire day in the pool because you don't want to be outside if you're not in a pool. Uh, so it's nice just to rent a house and just be away for a little time, especially 
in the midst of COVID where you couldn't go anywhere anyway. So it was just a, a way to get away. I'm sorry, I missed it, John. Did you say they lived there or, or they were vacationing there? So his brother lives there. He 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 runs a business in Palm Springs. So they went to visit uh, him for a few days and then came back to our place on July 4th for a few days. So they started on the 4th. Stayed. So we did a, did a few things around town, went to Coronado, went to uh, Del Mar, and then... Uh, and then they went back to Palm Springs because his mom also lives there and she was coming home from, uh, I think she was, I don't know if she's in the hospital, but something like that. She's, you know, getting up there a little bit. So they went and, you know, spent some time with her. Cool. Cool story. Bob. I, hey, hey, Wids, hey, Woods, you win the, the title competition again. What can I say? Need to I need to do something about that guy that I've heard. <laughs> I need to I need to change the bot so that his title suggestions never get to the he can only win a couple times in a in a row and then he has to <laughs> Tom, how was your week? We we already know John didn't do anything. And you're muted. While John was gone, we uh we recorded a couple episodes of the podcast. What? Marathon episodes, I might add. Yes, marathon. Very long, long episodes. Yeah. <laughs> you can't put something in your mouth and then talk. <laughs> it doesn't work. It was. It wasn't in my mouth when I first said it. I put. I put myself on mute and put it in my mouth. <laughs> your camera is still glitching on you, actually. So. Yeah, the whole system. It was like it. It glitched for a second, and your words cut out. Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, uh, don't have to do about that. So yes, right. I I did listen to your marathon episodes, and you guys made me proud. Good job. Well, thank you, thank you. Uh, you know, I've just been working on a lot of eloquent stuff, a lot of uh, scheduling stuff. You know, it's it's funny. I keep taking these tickets because I love the quality of life fixes, but then I remember that that they're users, and like users user coding is the hardest kind. Like if, if you just wanted me to do a math function or something, that'd be fine. But coding around user behavior is always like, why are they doing this? Why, why would they possibly make this change or ask for this thing? Uh, so I'm combining that uh, pleasure with uh, also working on a calendar system for scheduling things, which as you know, is also really fun to work with and never Especially causes problems. Especially if you're trying to do recurring stuff and time zone <laughs> things. Carbon so much fun. Is, carbon is wonderful for that really bad stuff, like recurring things, but still scheduling half hour, 45 minute blocks across a calendar. It, it can be, it can be exhausting. So a lot of, a lot of fun with that stuff. Uh, not much else, not much else. A lot of uh, TV, video games, movies. The new Guardians of the Galaxy three is amazing. Dude, that was a that was a bummer fest. What are you talking about? There's nothing nothing well, amazing uh, about it. You don't like crying, cute furry animals. <laughs> What's no spoilers, Joe? <laughs> it's the entire movie is crying, cute furry things. Yeah, there's like uh, nothing nothing enjoyable about it. <laughs> I'll watch it. I'll watch it in a few years, and then, it is, then then we can talk about it. No, it is so good. It is 
it, it is the soundtrack is the best of the three so far. I agree with you there. Uh, it is just on point. The soundtrack is literally a character in the movie in this one. The uh, the Peter Quill Zune is carried by everyone who's listening to a song when it's playing. It's it's fantastic. So, how was your week, John? I I, I gave you a hard time, but uh, how was your week? What did you do? Um, well, first I want to talk about. I got the paraglide in Hawaii. That was phenomenal. I was wondering. I had about so much that. fun. Did you get? I, did you get I harassed bringing a bringing a paraglider onto a plane? No, it's just another piece of luggage. You just throw it on there, and it's good to go. It was so much fun. Uh, the week has been good. Uh, starting, I got my big project almost done that I started before going on vacation. Uh, there was a lot of refactoring done while I was gone, so trying to get my my code is all around telephony, uh, making phone calls and stuff. So I need to get that back up and working, and then. We are starting a new project, started it today, and so far we are kicking butt and it's going well. Actually starting to use a new service. Uh, have you used PubNub before? No. So started using that. I'm not going to talk about it too much because they aren't a sponsor yet. <laughs> but uh, trying that service out and hopefully we'll have some more information on that soon. Like pros, cons, what I like, what I don't like. What does it do? It's a, it's just a queue uh, or a messenger bus, right? You, you can, you okay there? You, you publish messages uh, and then you have listeners out there that are listening for them. Uh, I'm using it in the, the, again, the, is it telephony or telephony? I think it's telephony space. I've always bas- said telephony. So basically when state change, you're dialing, answered, call ended, all that stuff needs to get to the browser. So it's in the, for the last decade plus, we've been using Jabber, which is XMPP. And it works, but it is a single point of failure of the the entire system. And moving to something like this is going to be, you know, scale so much better. And supposedly that, PubNub is rock solid in their delivery and their latency is so low. Had a had a good meeting with them last uh the other day and just excited about it. I get like that. I like learning new technology, learning about new things, and this is just one more thing to add in my tool belt. How about you, Eric? What have you been up to? Uh I have uh you know, been doing things. You know, I'm wondering if it's my ATM that's glitching because I I see what's glitching. It's my little standby image. That's what po- keeps glitching too. Huh? It's weird. weird. I don't know. I uh, again, audio podcast listeners don't need to worry about it. Just our live viewers and anybody who happens to go back and watch the YouTube video later. Uh, so yeah, my you know, it's a good time to talk talk about me here, John. Uh, because I want to make sure we touch on one of our sponsors, um, your favorite sponsor and mine, PHP Storm. Uh, do you want to do the? I don't have the pitch. Did you notice what I did while you were gone, John? Yeah, I, I did notice you. You clipped my audio. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Was that was that was funny. It was great. So you do do your thing, man. 
I would. I wasn't. I was not prepared for some reason. And I, it apologize. Should have been. I apologize. No, you you had you had no no way of knowing this was coming. Uh, let me get you I, make you a big screen here. Yeah. Why not? Because it's been a while since I've done this, and my memory is. I mean, not I mean, as I have a, used to. Be. I have a video queued up if you need it. Well, that would have been good. First of all, thank you, JetBrains, for sponsoring. We love your product. I've uh, been using it for years. But PHP Storm is a cutting-edge IDE tailored for PHP and web developers. If you haven't used it before or it's been a while since you last tried it, now is a perfect time to check it out again because it's received significant performance enhancements and an expanded feature set. Curious to see if it's the right fit for you? Head over to www.jetbrains.com phpstorm to learn more and try it out with a 30-day free trial. Code smarter, not harder. Cool. That was cool. Good job. Hey, I like I like your little sort of lower third. Yeah, yeah. It needs to be a little bit more lower, I guess. But uh, <laughs> um, so we've we've said this for a while. Uh, both John and I have been using PHP Storm um, for a long time, and I subscribe to I don't know what they call it. Like they're 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 all pack or whatever it's called. Like. I actually have a, I can use any of their IDEs, basically. Uh, the reason I had done it at the time, because I was I was doing some Python programming, um, so I wanted their Python IDE, and then our client had a uh, Rails application, and it had been so long since I would even worked on Rails that I wanted to use the, the Rails IDE. Which you know what? I don't even know if they still have that. They must still have that IDE, right? Rails is still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I hadn't used anything in a while with the exception of PHP Storm until this week. We have have a client. uh, Well, we've been working on a project and it's a mobile app. And you guys know my absolute love for JavaScript. Uh, I hate it with passion, and I still stand by that. Uh, but I got into, we're using the framework uh, Ionic, which is a JavaScript framework kind of focused on mobile devices. It allows you to build versions for iOS and Android. And we were just having like this really weird problem where the um, the developer was like, insisting that they thought there was something wrong with a uh, service that we had developed. I, I actually, I had coded it. So right there, I knew, I knew they were wrong, but uh, it had been running for years. And so you know, I was like pretty sure there wasn't anything wrong with the service, but this guy in to his credit is our only mobile developer. So when he gets stuck on problems like this, it's really difficult for him to dig his way out of it because there's just nobody to kind of talk through with it. And, you know, so we kept going back and forth on this. And I I was in a weird position because they kept wanting to see if, what what the server was seeing, like why the server wasn't processing it. So that's kind of where I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to get into this and I'm going to figure this out and we're going to move on because we spent too much time on this. So I started, uh, I started with 
Android Studio because it's an Android app. And I'm like, well, I got Android, Android Studio in my JetBrains toolbox. Let me start with that. And I actually needed it because when Ionix does some of its builds, one of the things it does is try to launch Andro- Android Studio. So great. Whatever. But as I said, this is an Ionic app. It's actually all done in TypeScript. And Android Studio was saying, hey, maybe you want to use WebStorm for this. That's that's kind of our JavaScript-focused IDE. I'm like, well, shit, I've got WebStorm. So I I pulled that up and uh, started leaning heavily on, like, code completion and things like that. Also... Crutches, I'm just gonna say, on crutches. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna say, I. I don't. I don't know why I am so hesitant to get into JavaScript. It's not. It's like so simple, and and I don't know why I don't like it. I just don't like it. Or actually, I do know why I don't like it, because it's so freaking fragile, man. I can't believe how fragile it is. Uh. With Ionix, you, know, you make some changes, but it, you've got to, you know, build it, or, you know, compile, build the 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 actual application, and and like it's not only that things break because it's like a compiled language, right? If it sees something wrong, it won't compile, and that is kind of a good thing, right? Because you don't send out an application that's busted from the beginning. Whereas with PHP. You could write a broken app and not even know it's broken because you didn't use a static static analysis tool or anything like that. So I I wasn't getting upset that it wasn't building. I was getting upset because the error message is so generic and doesn't give you any information. And it's just like, oh, okay, well, try running it again with dash dash verbose. And you do it, and it just gives you the same error message. You look, you look up the error message and it tells you the obvious. It'll say like, uh, that mine was, had something to do with Gradle couldn't write to a directory or, or something, <laughs> something like that. So you, you do a, you do a, you know, look up and it says, oh yeah, this error message means that Gradle isn't able to write to a directory. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus can, Christ. Can you please tell me where you're trying to write? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, uh, so I got really deep for about two days which really dug into my symphony learning time. Uh, I, I'm going to really it's still a little irritated by that because I was like loving symphony, still loving symphony, but I had to, had to shelf it here for the last two or three days as I worked through this other stuff. But I did like a deep dive into this ionic framework. And, it, and it's really cool. I mean, I'm happy we, we had went in this direction and we, we couple it with, uh, a document store, CouchDB, and a couple other cool little tools that all play together. So it's it's a slick little setup that we use. Um, but yeah, it was it just was a real challenge to troubleshoot this issue. And what I ended up doing today, I, I don't know why I hadn't thought about this yesterday, um, but what I ended up doing today is I wrote the, the API endpoint, the thing that I had written, uh, was done in Laravel. So I had just written a middleware that takes all incoming requests and writes it out to a file. Um, so the first thing, first thing we did is I, I got my, I got all the build stuff, including, you know, building to a, to a phone and everything set up in my local environment 
so I could use my local version of the API endpoint because the uh, the version that we have deployed, even in development, is on an, is in the uh, AWS environment, Amazon Web Service environment, and it's actually uh, Elastic Beanstalk. So, like, it's like you can't just log into a server and look at log files and do all of those stuff. It's like, first thing, there's no server. It's a, it's a container that you get into. And, oh, the, the, the log files don't go there. They go to another service. And it's just like, God damn it. You know, I, 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 I had, like, a Thanos <laughs> moment. It's like, all right, I'll do it myself. And so I got everything set up locally. And, uh, I, I like I said, I wrote, wrote this middleware catching all the requests coming in, writing all the information to a, to a file. And, and it was just like, at that point, I was able, we were, I was able to show that you're not sending me anything. So th- this was all around uh, sending the sending of an image. And like, there's no image in the payload. And so that's when we started like really deep diving on what we're missing in the code. And of course, not knowing Ionic or anything like that, you know, I'm looking at all these tutorials and everything on how you upload files, and the develop, developer did it right by all by all accounts of everything I could see, did it almost by the book, and it wasn't working. So, um, so we had the you know this is this is all today. I'm like, well, let's. They, they were trying to use the built-in Ionics. HTTP client, which was busted, busted somewhere. I don't know where. And uh, we had the idea of, of switching over to Axios, which is another HTTP client for JavaScript. And uh, finally got it working. Man, did that feel good. Holy smokes. That felt good. So you did get it working? Absolutely. It, so it's... so the cool thing about it is uh, the original the original application was built for you to send an image and it did, it did this processing called out to a couple of services, did some processing, gave you some information back. The developer, I guess, while they're, while they're trying to work through all these issues and trying to figure out what the problem is at some point had a uh, base 64 encoded the image thinking, you know, maybe there's a problem with like this file. Maybe if I just make it like a base 64 <laughs> you know, thing, that would work. And, and it didn't. And you know, it was the same issue. But when we had figured it out and got it working, I'm like, okay, well, the service doesn't do base 64 um decode on it. Right. It, it doesn't, it's not it's expecting a, a full file, not a right because file. because again, it's an image file that it then has to send to another service. So I told him just because I was I was feeling like kind of big on myself. I'm like, you know what? Let's not worry about it. Just keep it base 64 encoded. I'm going to update the endpoint to first figure out if it's base 64 or just a regular file. If it's base 64, I will make it a file and forward it on and you know, just you move on. You 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 keep developing. You're done fighting this fire. I'll I'll take it from here. So I got. I got so how, how big did the wildfire get? <laughs> it was. It took it took way longer than I, I as a owner of the company, wanted to see. <laughs> but uh, could have yeah. undo that, right? <laughs> Just put yeah. it back. 
and, and the funny thing about it is I uh I um because it was all PHP by that time, right? Because it's the back end, I got all that done in like an hour and a half. I think it was like took me an hour and a half, two hours. I'm like, hell yeah, that's that's sweet. So <laughs> So I'm I'm on a little bit of a programming high, Al, thanks to not only PHP Storm, but a lot of the products, a lot of the IDEs from JetBrains. So thank you very much again. It all comes back. In the, it all comes back around. Eric. Done. I want to I, I know about this orange elephant behind you. Well, I have to point out one thing, it, though. Just, it looks like a Magawai. Just to point this out, you know that Base64 encoding is like 25% larger file sizes. Uh, not Not the way this developer did it. So he's actually scaling down the image because we, we didn't need an image that big. So I actually, that's one of the things I did. I compared it uh, because I was, I was saving all the requests from all the previous requests, uh, uh, submissions. So they're, what they're doing now, the uh, payload is actually smaller. What is a, what did you call this thing? Magawai. What is a Magawai? Gremlins. Oh, it's a from the gremlins. One. It looks like a, a, a woolly mammoth. Just, just the ears was like screaming gotcha. gremlin, gremlin to me. Yes, uh, good, good call there, Tom. It is technically a woolly mammoth. Mammoth. Um, the current wife knows that the elephant is the mascot of PHP. Also, embraces the fact that our company color now is orange. Saw this. Said, I know it's not a true elephant elephant, but it's elephant-ish, and it's orange, and got it for me. And She's I, pretty cool. Is it I a like squishmall? It. A what? A squish, squishmall? I mean, it's it's soft. Is it squishy? No, it's a pillow. It's like a pillow. I don't know what you, you're saying. Have you not, you've not seen the squishmalls thing? Oh, it is a squishmalls, yeah. Okay. It says right go. there. Yes. <laughs> Does that do something special? It's just you, the, you just won a prize. Yeah, sorry, Squishmallow. Uh, it's it's a very popular. It's almost on the sort of beanie ba- beanie baby scale of things. It's oh. a very popular uh, limited run uh, stuffed animals company. Do you know what the uh, hole at the bottom's for? Yes. <laughs> Moving on. Hey John. Hey, John, do you uh, do you still use your Stream Deck? I use it. At the beginning of the show, if you watch me zoom in on my on my face, I don't use it as much as I would like to. I need I would like to use it more. I didn't mine, know you could do mine, that with it. Well, on Linux zoom. you can zoom, zoom out, zoom in, zoom way in. Um, mine stopped working. Are you still using the Stream Deck? Yeah, my Stream Deck completely stopped working. Huh? I don't know why. I thought it was an upgrade. I thought it was just me. I know. I think I'm gonna have to either upgrade or uninstall and reinstall. I don't know. I, I was, uh, yeah. I'm really disappointed because I use mine all the time as my little mute button for one thing, um, and then I actually have all my Audacity buttons set up on it as well. So after the show, it's one of the things that let me lets me quickly edit. Is I have all my boop, I just hit, start hitting my Audacity buttons on my Stream Deck, hmm. and I can't do that tonight. So I don't know what I'm gonna do. Really? Oh, that reminds me. While I'm talking, and I I got a talking to from HR about I guess I talked too much the last couple of shows, and I needed to let other people talk. I okay, <laughs> but uh, this is we get the band back together just for one of us to go MIA again. I will be out of town next week and have no. Whoa, 
Whoa, what is happening? I don't know what happened. What's just happening to you? I don't, I'm not seeing anything at all. Yeah. yeah, my my system just tried to go to sleep on me, which is <laughs> weird. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm out of town next week, uh, and will most likely not be in a position to uh, stream. So it's all up to you, dudes. Where are you headed? Uh, and uh, I'm going out. The actually, I, I'm going. I'm literally going out to hang out with uh, Ben Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to going to Nashville, and uh, I, I know that's Ramsey's stomping grounds. And yeah, so I'm heading out there next week, going to uh, visit some friends, including uh, the person who sold us this house. Our realtor is out there. We're going to catch a minor league game and go no really? things too. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What the the minor league right. part surprises you, John? No going to visit your the real i don't know the realtors that sold me my houses and like i wouldn't know their names i wouldn't know where they live because you're a heartless soul john That's yeah true. i'm not my realtor's name was nathaniel i see him every <laughs> couple weeks why because <laughs> i met him at the bar <laughs> there i don't want to know any more than that <laughs> uh uh so i had a couple things on my trello board from beforehand uh did you we've like i did believe it or not that's weird i know Uh, john john before you do that i'm sorry to to cut you off no worries is this like well i mean i i know we had a few conversations directly after tech but this is like the first like time you've talked to tom since tech right no, 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 no. We were, we were on. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. I was here before. before he, or he was on before I left. Okay. Cool. It's time flies. It's been a. It's been a while since tech. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. We're already in the planning phases for next year, and it's coming together splendidly. It's going to be <sighs> bigger I and have, better. Right. I have questions for you. We need to talk tomorrow, so I can reply to that person. Okay. Um, you've got you've used Redis before, I'm assuming. I've I've always used it as a cache in a as a key value store, which is what it is. Yeah, it's but it's way more than that. <laughs> uh, it can actually store data sets, which was amazing. Okay, so I needed to store an array of data, right? and the whole thing was. Let me, the the database was just being hammered for this one query. It was taking a while. And when multiple people on a team were hitting with the same query, it just made the issue way worse. So I said, all right, let me handle this by selecting a, a group of items, you know, doing some locking so they're not stampeding the database request i was requesting 25 at a time already just the way i was processing the data it was give me 25 i'm going to see if i can call any of these people if not i'll get the next 25 so now i'm grabbing the first 100 and putting the data into a redis set or a a hash set redis set Um, prior to that i was serializing the array putting it into a key value store on the other side, pulling it out, unserializing it, 
doing my same processing, having to remove the key, reserialize, and put it back into Redis. It turns out Redis can deal with sets very well, where you can do pops, pushes, or um, or removing specific keys. So now I can just grab one off the set, see if it works. If it does, remove just that one key. I'm not having to do this whole serialize, unserialize, dance back and forth. It was actually pretty slick. To the point uh, which I think it would be a great article for PHP Architect Magazine. So if anyone wants to write an article on it, not me, I think it would be a fantastic article. <laughs> but if nobody steps up to do it, I'm sure I will write one at some point. I've actually started on a uh, a data store article just because I can't get anybody. I've asked several people to write one and nobody wants to write one. So I've uh, I've started kind of collecting a lot of thoughts around it, specifically targeted at CouchDB, which is the one I'm kind of partial for and are partial towards. So I might have to uh, I might have to polish that up. Uh, but hey, if what we're talking about as far as writing articles is to writing So John and I are the people behind PHP architect magazine. Well, a couple of the people, there's a big old team uh, of PHP architect people now, but um, if you are interested in writing for us, uh, feel free to reach out and let us know. We do pay for uh, feature articles. Uh, well, we pay for anything. Anybody who writes for us gets, gets paid. So when you read our magazine, and you ask, why do I have to pay for the magazine? That's why. Because everybody in that magazine um, gets paid. And you just help make the PHP community a little better by doing that. Uh, but you can also get paid. So just uh, reach out to John and I or just go to the website and click on Write About Us and start the process. What's the email? Write at right. PHP Arch? Yep. W-R-I-T-E at P-H-P-A-R-C-H dot com and i mean just bounce ideas off us we're we're it's a very laid back thing we uh you know you you actually you you steer the whole time you let us know when you can get it to us and we we plan around that we all we ask is that if you tell us a date you stick to the date yes it's (laughs) very it's very laid back 28 days of the month and then there's (laughs) two days where it's not as laid back well, I'm happy because I, I'm feeling like we're we're getting back on track. So things really started to slip uh, as we built up to tech, uh, just because everybody was busy doing things and articles kept coming in a little later. And you man. say that, but it's July 13th, and we're we're not ready yet. <laughs> like we, well, we we would want it. We really wanted this done two weeks ago. Right. But I think we're getting back on track is what he said. So we, we have all, everybody's turned in except for one person has turned in their article. Um, So it's just a matter of pushing it through the publishing stage. And the big thing, the big challenge right now is getting next month's articles in the next week. Right. So that we can start working on that. Um, It's, it's always hard, you know, because you feel bad because like, we pay, but we don't pay that much. <laughs> and you, know, you don't want to take that much time time away from the people who are contributing. So it's like, you know, we, we try to be very patient, but, you know, we got to get better. And we just let it slip too much. 
where John and I were literally like releasing with only hours left in the month. <laughs> and it's like, oh, we can't, we can't, we can't do this. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get July turned out in the next week. And then <sighs> that'd be nice. August right behind that. Okay. Phenomenal. Let's take a moment. Oh, you know, uh, you uh, talked about Redis. Uh, Redis actually came to our rescue at PHP Tech. Uh, we ended up using Redis. That was that was some of that uh, that cowboy coding we did because things were getting hit too hard, and we implemented a little Redis and used that, which worked out splendidly. We were very happy. But the other thing that came to our rescue and helped us was our next sponsor, HoneyBadger.io. And now a word from our sponsors, <laughs> Classic Tom. That did look infected, however. You probably should have somebody look at it. Oh, hi! If you know me, you know I'm somebody who literally wears a lot of hats. I'm a podcaster, a publisher, and a coder. What I'm not is somebody who has a lot of time worrying if their site is giving their users problems. That's why I use Honey Badger. Now, let's be honest. Honey Badger is a sponsor of the podcast, but that's not why I feel good talking about them. I've been using Honey Badger for years and couldn't be happier. Honey Badger has a suite of monitoring tools specialized for developers. It's the only system that combines monitoring, uptime, and cron heartbeat monitoring into a clean, fast interface. Honey Badger offers a generous free tier, and with just two lines of code in about five minutes, you can start monitoring your application. Personally or professionally, it works for everybody. Honey Badger can help you identify and fix problems sometimes before the user even knows there's an issue with your site. And at no cost to, to sign up, it's literally free for peace of mind. So go over to honeybadger.io and sign up for a free account today. What's going to hurt? If somebody asks you, tell them the Ugly Squad sent you. Now I got to get back to podcasting. I got these co-hosts I need to talk to. And they are co-hosts. I don't care what anybody says. I'm the host because I'm cooler than all of them. Thank you, Honey Badger. Guys, don't be rude. Think Honey Badger. Ugh. Thank, Thank you, you, Honey Badger. Badger. <laughs> Still love that. Now, Did somebody say you were squeaky on the or something? Redis, staying on the Redis thread. A. Woods. I yeah. ran into... He's, still, he's, still, he, he's been added to the list. Yeah, we yeah don't listen to that guy. <laughs> I ran into an interesting Redis issue where he's never contributed anyway. Go ahead, Tom. Don't let me interrupt you. I I ran into like an interesting Redis would. issue where uh, someone had pushed out code where you could you could do uh, wildcard key selection and deletion for for cache cleaning behaviors, and it was pointed out very quickly that uh, that does not work on clusters. The Redis clusters store data in different places, and when you query against it. It's only on the cluster you're on. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. When you use the sorry the keys query specifically, which allows you to do wildcard selection of keys, yeah, only gives you your current cluster. But you can get data from any cluster. Yes. I'm confused. How do you so get the you, data? Oh, so when you do a get, it will search the entire cluster. But when you do keys, it's whatever whatever keys whatever. are on the cluster you're on. The, the when, you, when you say cluster, do you mean see the one machine of that cluster? Right. When you're on one instance, K 
keys will not give you all of the keys for every instance. It will just give you that is instance. There, is there a way to get the keys from all the instances? Uh, I believe the solution came down to a, a sync keyword that allowed you to do a similar search behavior, but uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to pull that back up. Hmm. You know, I only have a hundred Slack channels to search through. Uh, that That's interesting. I mean, the, I'm assuming you're using the cluster. Are you using the AWS Redis cluster? I believe so. I'm not sure, though. I, I mean, I, I haven't done that. I've done keys, but it's always been locally when I've been doing things. I've never done it within a cluster, so I never even thought to look for that. So scan is the correct command to use here. Hmm. And there's also an mget method. Multi- Multi-get, right? That, that'll yeah. get you a, a bunch of data at once. Or get you data from multiple keys at once. Right. And it will let you set that uh, wildcard, and you just grab the keys from the results instead of the actual results. Hmm. So, interesting. Redis does way more than I thought it did. That's all I got to say. Um, I need somebody to write articles so I can learn more. It's <laughs> the way it works. All right. A couple weeks ago, somebody in our community wrote a phenomenal little post, and they posted it on LinkedIn. And I don't do a lot on LinkedIn, and I should on LinkedIn because people that do business, yeah, (laughs) people that do business tend to post there. Uh, Our friend in Discord, Dimitri, wrote an entire post on uh, a discovery week, which. Oh, right. I did read this. I yeah. forgot to talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. So basically his team or the, the entire team at the company took one week and said, okay, we're going to pause any product work. We're not, we're not going to work on we're in a sprint or however we, they are doing their project management. It's we're going to take a week. The team, everyone can learn something on their own preferably something that helps the business. So for me, I had something similar in the past and wanted to learn more about event sourcing because I knew it could be used within the product that I'm working on. Right. So he just talks about how, how that went. And some people worked on UX stuff. Other people tried to figure out chat GPT and how to implement that. Uh, or use some of that within their code base. And the conclusions come down to everyone felt good. You know, vacations are great. You get time to decompress and get away. But something like this is not as good, but is a good motivator (laughs) to people. Well, it's not, it's not. This guy just got back from Hawaii. Like, you know. (laughs) I wouldn't say it's as good as Hawaii. (laughs) It's not as good as Hawaii, but (laughs) But getting away from your everyday, like I gotta, I have to work on this this product or this ticket for, you know, the next two days. Being able to learn something new because when you're just constantly hammered into working on your product as it is or a new feature or whatever it is, you're not necessarily learning something new. So something like this gives you that opportunity to better yourselves, learn something new that is good for you and good for the business and. I, as he says, it's not going to be their last time. Hopefully, that's the hard part. Getting something like this through management, right? But it's telling management, hey, the entire dev team is going to take a week, and we're not going to 
build something you want us to build. We're going to build, we're going to learn something and maybe get something out of it for you, but we can't guarantee it. Yeah. You might as well say like the dev team's going to play with Legos for a week. Right. <laughs> like, no, we'll learn yeah. really cool stuff about Legos. <laughs> so, so that's interesting. You should say that John, because you're in a very unique, situation unique spot well first thing i know you have your little book club whatever with mm-hmm. your client but you're in a unique a position club. to <laughs> to allow this to a bunch of employees oh, what <laughs> oh, i mean you just you just raised how it's almost <laughs> as good as going to hawaii <laughs> no i so i I like the idea of taking time for something like this. So yeah, he likes it's the idea hard. of other companies doing it. No, I, so it's hard. <laughs> I like the idea of companies bringing their their teams to PHP Tech and doing something very similar, where you spend some time learning and then take a day or two to do something like this, where you put that stuff into practice. Mm-hmm. For us, it's hard because our team is running tech, so it's not as much of a learning slash it's not not only that we're running tech is the biggest you know chunk of our business is client work right and so it's it's, you know basically asking your client hey you know we need to put you on hold for a day two days i mean i don't see we could ever do it for a week but because we want to do this thing it's just uh yeah i mean i don't know uh, what dimitri's situation is as far as if they do client work or not but no i think they're an in-house yeah it's hard i I love good i was gonna say i think we could not for a week like you said i think we could take a day or two and say hey our team is going to focus on this for a day and we'll be available for you know emergencies or whatever but Here's here's how what we're going to do is going to benefit you next week. Mm. I uh, say charge them for it more than more than than that. Uh, I I like the whole open source day. Like every Friday, everybody gets to work on open source projects, ideally open source projects that are uh, related to the company, you know, like if we use a, a telephony system, we work on an open source project that's related to that telephony system or, or something, or just, just build packages or something. I've for a very long time wanted to get in a position to do that. And I don't know, it's just a matter of pulling the trigger because like Friday, I, I, I'm a big proponent of, Friday should be downtime anyways. Like nobody should be deploying on Fridays. I, I know that's a big, oh, that's such a stupid thing to say. Everybody can, if you have a good pipeline, it's not a problem. No, fine. Not a problem for you. I don't want to deal with it, you know? Uh, but I think Fridays is just like, you're either putting out a fire or you, your people should be making themselves better. Like, either working on the open source stuff or something like this or book club or whatever the heck it is. Yeah, I I agree. And and I also agree on the whole don't deploy on Friday. It's there's one thing if you have really close to hundred percent code coverage and you're uh, you have so much confidence in once it's merged, it's gone through so many tests that 
if something breaks, it's going to be caught immediately. But I don't see why you would, especially if you take weekends off. It's different if you're if you've got teams on rotation that work seven days a week, right? But if if you value your weekends, why even risk it? Exactly. When when you can when you can control it, there's no reason to risk it. You know what I do value? Our supporters on people. Yeah. What's that? Those fireworks are way better than the ones I saw on, on the fourth. I am um, not a fireworks person. I, I I've never been a, a fan of fireworks. I I mean they're they're okay to look at for you know like a little while. But like I don't particularly want to stand somewhere for an hour and listen to it. Even well, as a kid, I could really solve that problem by launching uh, all of the <laughs> minutes. <laughs> that was awesome. It's a thirty-minute show fun. in fifteen seconds. Yeah. yeah, just not a fan. I mean, we, I got to see a lot of fireworks when I lived. Uh, I, I used to live in Ocean Beach. So first thing, Ocean Beach used to have one of the absolute coolest firework displays. Uh, here in San Diego, I always felt. But not only did they have that, but uh, SeaWorld was not too far away. And during the summertime, I don't know if they still do, but during yeah, the summertime, they, they had fireworks every night. And yep. so literally every night you could see fireworks. And now the drones thing, I love. So I guess OB, that they used to fire off their fireworks at the end of this huge pier. And that pier has suffered a lot of damage over the years. And it's, I guess, currently shut down. So instead of fireworks this year, they did the, a whole drone display, which I, I didn't see, but I heard it was pretty awesome. And, but I did see, like, have you, did you guys see the, the dragon in China? The, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so cool. So, yeah. All right. That's it. And, and if you don't know, understand why fireworks in July, it's a, uh, it's a U.S. holiday. Um, kind of when we declared our independence and everything. So we, uh, we we always go to a little park that overlooks the fairgrounds. So we're far enough away that you're not in a big crowd. I mean, there's a lot of people there at night, but it's not during the day. We just hang out at the park. We'll play yard games like Frisbee or soccer, throw a ball around and then stick around for fireworks. And this happened years ago. Then the past few years have been fine. And then it happened again this year when we had friends in town. Cloud layer, very low. Fireworks go up, not to the clouds, but there's nowhere for the smoke to go from. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it just gets socked in. And every other one that goes up is just in its own smoke. And you're like, okay, well, can't see anything. This was a waste of time. <laughs> it was so bad. Speaking of open source, everybody's first. Linux love Seuss Linux has forked Red Hat Enterprise Linux. Really? Yeah. Well, what about Seuss Linux? <laughs> I mean, is that going to be the new Seuss? I don't, I'm not quite sure. Uh, so this is in response to Red Hat closing off their uh, RHEL GitHub server. Uh, so previously you could grab the source code for the RHEL system, either from CentOS or from logging into Red Hat's system or through uh, a GitHub 
distribution. Now, the GitHub distribution was used by a lot of uh, groups like Alma Linux or Rocky Linux to do auto builds, and they would advertise as uh, bug-for-bug-match fixes to Red Hat. So if you got Alma, you were running just as good as whatever Red Hat was. Uh, Red Hat didn't like that, so they sort of shut down this auto-build pipeline. And SUSE has come up now and said, hey, we don't like that, so we're going to fork Red Hat and clone it over to our fork, and whatever you pull from our Red Hat clone will be bug-for-bug matching the official RHEL source. But how are they going to? How are they getting the official rel source? Rel R H E L being Red Hat Enterprise Linux, right? Yes, uh, they are getting it. I, I believe through the hard way, which is logging in as into the Red Hat Linux website and pulling the source from there. Oh, so, so they didn't shut that down. You can still do that. You can still get the source. It would be very illegal for them to not still continue to distribute the source. Um, the reason for that being that they are under the GPL license. And the GPL says, hey, if you distribute modified versions of our software, of this software, you are required to provide source code for all the changes you made. Uh, it's the one of the ground rules, one of the foundations of open source development is that if you take something and sell it, you have to give what you sold back to the community. So Red Hat is sort of dancing around exactly how you have to give it back to the community and making it more difficult. But yeah, SUSE, which I I had not heard of in years, maybe 10 years. SUSE is S-U-S-E? S-U-S-E. They're the, uh, the little chameleon that could. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, this is this is something that's been developing over the last three, four weeks, uh, and whatever comes up next, we'll we'll see. We'll let you know about it. But uh, it, the the Red Hat people uh, are probably going to be upset. <laughs> so I talked about how much uh, Twitter is becoming more and more of a dump, dumpster fire. Earlier, I'm still digging Threads. I, I'm liking where Threads is going. Think it's a good idea. Uh, if you know, oh, you're using it. I, I I do, yeah. The only issue I have with threads right now is it doesn't have a web interface. So I and I right. sit at my desk all the time. So it's I, I when I'm out and about, it's I go and look. Uh, I haven't actually post I don't know if I posted there yet, because I just don't know how to start. It's so weird. Like how do I start posting here? Like I can't I'm not can't cross post, so is I'm it, not posting Twitter anymore. So is it just an a uh, phone app? I'm kidding. Yeah. I, I know of it. I just don't know. I haven't looked into it at all. Yeah, it's just a phone app. And then if you have an Instagram account, you have a Threads account. You, it, your username becomes your Threads username, and it uh, works really well. Um, a lot of people on there, a lot of good conversations going on. So uh, I'm liking it. But I, I still pop on Twitter every now and then. And like I said, like it, it's gotten so hard to. Read Twitter or read <laughs> read Twitter anymore, and uh, now I guess if you're a what what do they call blue uh, not blue uh, what's the what's the uh, eight people called Twitter uh, blue is it Twitter? I don't know Twitter blue Twitter blue if you're a Twitter blue person I guess certain Twitter blue people now have a new feature called they can post a note 
which is kind of a tweet, which is whatever 200 and whatever characters. 40, 244, wasn't it? Something like that. A note is like 2,000 characters. So you open up your Twitter and like there's this massive post from somebody. It's like, what the hell? Like, that's not what Twitter is. Like, what the hell? So stupid. I can't wait for that. I'm yeah, it's, it's it's weird out there. Uh, Twitter apparently paid out ten thousand dollars to uh, an ultra right wing fascist tweet person for their part of their ad share revenue thing or the revenue share ads. What? So people are unhappy about that. There's, Twitter is doing uh, ad revenue share now with their top uh, top viewed accounts. And it turns out that one of the top viewed accounts is, you know, fascist. Really? So, Imagine that. Not great. Um, but on the other side of that, th- there's uh, some interesting discussion about threads because it's super moderated. I mean, oh, is basically, it? Yeah. Basically, Zuckerberg said, I want this to be a family-friendly platform, which is a very different take than Twitter, which is I want a uh, free speech absolutist platform. <laughs> Which is not and, and, a, and a corporate sponsored, right? <laughs> so Threads is really family friendly. Uh, hate speech of any kind gets you banned just real fast. It's got Twitter's moderation team behind it, or uh, sorry, it's got Facebook's moderation team behind it, which is uh, a historically very reliable moderation team compared to other sites that don't have a moderation team anymore, and it's very advertiser friendly, which is the problem that Twitter's having right now. So it's not outside of the, it's not outside of, you know, basic logic that threads is going to surpass Twitter very, very quickly, Uh, not just in user counts, but in actual financial, you know, income. Yeah. I, I mean, already there, there's a, for better or for worse, there's a lot of, commercial accounts on threads and you know it's like does php architect one of them does php architect have an instagram account are you asking me yeah i I don't do instagram (laughs) i don't (laughs) we should we should see uh uh because i mean we have a facebook I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah, we of course, those good out. business people. That's one of the interesting. I wish one of us had kids. One of the interesting advantages of threads, especially for businesses, is that a lot of large businesses already had Instagram accounts. And when they move over into threads, now they have the exact same following that they already had. If you're already subscribed to Wendy's on Instagram, then you get the Wendy's uh, threads feed. I don't think so. I, I, yeah. only, I only say that because I, I know I had to follow friends that I already follow on Instagram. So I just did it, and there was a follow-all real quick. Boom. Now I'm automatically following everybody. Right. Okay, but, so it's an optional. Yeah. Yeah. But but you're right. I mean, the the threads is quickly hitting, you know, critical mass right i mean i don't mean that in a bad bad way just like they 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 are just going to have a huge they're going to take a huge chunk out of that pie and of social media and i mean it's just continuing to 
pro the meta empire, which isn't necessarily a, a really good thing, but whatever. Yeah. I'm also uh, fully on board with Zuckerberg uh, beating the ever-living shit out of Elon Musk. I, oh, the guy's, the guy's pretty jacked now. He could probably do it. <laughs> it's it's very strange because the picture of him without a shirt on, it looks more human than when he's just talking to people. <laughs> like You have a lot of, uh, lot of uh, pictures of Zuck without his shirt on there, Tom? I have a folder. You know? <laughs> top secret don't open yeah you don't you don't have the zuckerberg uh banaka all over his entire face picture saved the the zinc he's got that zinc guard that you're supposed to put on your nose but he goes out windsurfing or kite surfing or whatever and it's on his entire face his face is ghost white it is it's excellent excellent i don't i don't know what you're talking about but i i believe you well, so I don't know if John heard about this, but there was there was a challenge put out by Elon Musk to cage fight Mark Zuckerberg. I saw a wait what? a meme. I saw a meme or a picture with them two with boxing gloves, but I yes. didn't think it was a thing. It's hundred percent a thing. Mark Zuckerberg put it out there because he, or I'm sorry, Elon Musk put it out because Zuckerberg uh, slam dunked on Twitter and uh, has been just roasting elon musk every given chance for the last you are being serious i'm dead serious and so what happened the most elon musk thing you could imagine happening happened which was his mom got on twitter and said he's not allowed to fight mark zuckerberg (laughs) which wow amazing oh here here's a picture oh let me let me uh let me Get to make that makes it. Dude is Jack, man. Here, let me share yeah. my screen. Here, here's a uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, dude is Jack. Look at look at him. Kind of cut there. Yeah, look at that. All right, good yeah, for him. If you're a billionaire, and you could take all the time you wanted to get Jack too. Yeah, right. Yeah, so he Zuckerberg has this this health kick that he went on that I guess is still going, and uh, he he. Fought in a jujitsu tournament, won gold and silver, and uh, what? Yeah, uh, so he's a he's a big Brazilian jujitsu guy, and I guess Elon Musk didn't realize that or understand that when he challenged him because Zuckerberg <laughs> was like, "Absolutely, I will fucking destroy you." Um, so after having pulled out, uh, he, he responded with, "Send me location." <laughs> yeah, send, me, send me location. Uh, Elon Musk said. Uh, Vegas, the uh, octagon in Vegas. Uh, but since that sort of seems to have fallen apart, Elon Musk has resorted all the way down to just a literal dick measuring contest. A literal dick measuring contest? A literal dick measuring contest. And I'm guessing by the quality of the hair on his head that he will have cheated at that one as well. <laughs> here's, a, here's a good... Uh... A decent side by side here. <laughs> oh, the yacht, yeah, yacht Elon versus Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Zuckerberg. Can't wait for the fight. I will absolutely pay to watch it. <laughs> oh man, millionaires, millionaires being silly. All right, isn't it? Yeah, tra- Yeah, true. 
Billionaires. Uh, I don't, I don't want to know what Kalen is talking about. Yeah, boy, Kalen's trying to steal a show from us here. Wow, <laughs> that is uh, that's quite the statement, Kalen. <laughs> don't know why why that would be. All right, Citizen <laughs> eighty six. Uh, I think we're good, man. Are we good? We're, we're good. Up? Good. Do we have Do we have much PHP news today? I've got a little bit. I've got a little bit of news. You can't, I you guess can't say you're you can't say you're ready to wrap up and then try and keep going. This doesn't this doesn't count as PHP news. And and yes, if you've ever watched the show, that is exactly how I operate. Uh, emojis in Canada have been ruled legally binding. So this comes from a case where uh, someone was was selling flax seed and told the the vendor told them, hey, texted them, hey. Uh, this is your order. Is that cool? And their response was thumbs up. Just the thumbs up emoji. So they made the giant order of flaxseed. In the meantime, the price tripled for flaxseed and the buyer backed out of the uh, handshake emoji contract, I guess would be the. <laughs> so this went all the way up to uh, the Canadian, I guess, Supreme Court. And uh, the court said, uh, yeah, a thumbs up emoji is 100% interpreted by the recipient as an approval to move forward on a contract. So it's just like a verbal contract. It's just like a handshake contract. You have to abide by it. Is it though? But the argument on the other side was, I was just confirming that I received his message and was going to review the order, not that I had agreed to the contract. I can see where this is going. It's like, yes, yes, your husband did did uh, cheat on you. He clearly sent a uh, eggplant emoji to that girl, basically having sex with her. I didn't go that direction with it, oddly enough. I'm not sure why you would immediately jump to adultery, but <laughs> uh, so it's a it's a crazy case that I I just I don't know I. The distinction between the eyes emoji, meaning that you're looking, and the thumbs up emoji, you know, I believe that there was a history of them texting each other in the past, and he had used the eyes emoji to confirm that he was looking at a contract, and a thumbs up to confirm a contract in the past. And that's why this was interpreted the way it was in court. And even though the headline says, you know, emojis legally binding, I think think you're going to have a court case every time something like this happens it's different if there is a history of it as you're saying there is i obviously haven't read the story i don't know but even then it's i would think a contract needs to be signed not verbal i don't know i i'm not too familiar with contract law in uh in canada i mean honestly in america either vietnam really good at contract law don't know why <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't know how that was PHP related, but That's tech. <laughs> you, you're like, you're like, I got PHP news. Uh, emojis are legally binding, huh? Our our Canadian in Discord uh, has informed me that it is legally binding in Canada if it's witnessed by a moose. All right, that's it. Right. I'm wrapping it up. We're, we're bringing mooses Thank into you. this. I can't have that. I can't is it have mooses it. Mooses or is it meese? Mice, meese, mooses. It's just mooses, isn't it? 
episode 343. I'm Eric. 343? I thought it was three. Uh, I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it, it up. Ugly. One, two, one, two. Uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host named Thomas because he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet unlike my freestyles which cause a riot i'm about to do it like this because the people love me shouts out to php the ugly it's called ugly because it's not professional but i'm about to come through and bless it with style so let's do it when i'm spitting i perfume the room yo the segment of the show is called doom and gloom that came from thomas yeah can nobody go beyond this i get the mic and then i'm about to keep it like a promise yeah and y'all know we fill them up with anguish we talking about the php the Programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration. What do y'all do for a living? Web applications. Okay, I can dig it. My words spray tight. Uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights. Yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude. I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube. So let's get it. You know my lyrics are major. All up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing. Keep it ugly. We ending every show with the saying it's lovely. Let's go. Yeah, come on.